0: Fast Forward Productions, the women are speaking. This is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard. I'm the founder and CEO of Team AP Consulting, where we help women every single day grow their business, scale to the success that they want, and do so with confidence and data-driven strategy. Today, I'm here with my lovely client, Tiffany. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, Tiffany. We're going to dive into your experience, what sets you apart, why I love you so much, and all the good things so that everybody falls in love with you like I have. Tiffany, uh, why don't you give us a little brief intro about
1: you? Okay, that was like the nicest introduction, (laughs) so thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I am Tiffany Chaplin. I am the founder at Good on Paper we are a branded web design agency for female lifestyle influencers.
0: You know, I think what's interesting about you is that I think a lot of people, there's a lot of talk about like niching down, niche down, don't niche down, niche down, don't niche down. And when you came to me, everything that I see is like brand and web for service providers, branded web for service providers maybe sometimes brand and web for product-based businesses, but pretty rarely. And when you came to me, you were like, no, I work with influencers. And I thought that was such a refreshing take because you're saying like, I know who I want to help. I know how I want to do that. And nobody's really talking to them, but somebody should be. So I'd be curious, like why influencers? Was there something that motivated that? What kind of helped you focus your branding and design agency into that kind of specific clientele.
1: Yeah. So I've been in the advertising and marketing space for, God, over 10 years now. Wild. And I spent, yeah, I know it like hurts when I have to say that out loud. It just makes me immediately realize how old I am. But anyway, so I spent a majority of my career in advertising in New York City, where I led brands that you've heard of. I've always been an online shopping addict, like you can ask my husband. (laughs) So I have always hung out in the influencer space. And somewhere along the way, between a move to Miami and whatever other life things have happened, I realized I wanted to be able to bring my expertise and experience in marketing to the influencer space. So here we are. You know, I think this space has come a really long way, but I think it also still has a really long way to go. And I'm Excited that Good on Paper is not only a part of that, but we are working with our clients to lead that growth.
0: And, you know, something you brought up was that you come from the advertising space. And I've noticed some people having this conversation around being an influencer, being a content creator in today's day and age, and the importance of integrating advertising acumen and advertising methods to being an influencer, being a content creator, being somebody who wants to leverage your social or your marketing strategies with advertising principles. So how much of your advertising background do you bring into the business that you currently are
1: running? Like Literally every single day. And I think it's a lot of what sets us apart as an agency. I think a lot of these creators, based on what I've heard from our clients, started showing up on Instagram 10 plus years ago posting cute pictures with their friends and sharing their outfits when people asked. And fast forward to today, and they're making upwards of six to seven figures a year. They've retired their husbands. Their husbands work for them. And I just think like, with that growth of, I'm going to post cute pictures on Instagram to like, holy shit, I'm this massive business influencer. I think with that growth trajectory where they didn't start saying, oh, I'm going to create a business it's something we're now bringing to them is this ability to really take what they've created as influence and apply these marketing strategies to show up in a way that's going to continue to allow them to grow. Totally. I agree with you. And,
0: you know, I think it's kind of fascinating to see the influencer space become such an integral part of a marketing strategy. And I do think that the consulting in the digital space, the digital services space, kind of gets the same rap that influencers got at the beginning, which is like, this is illegitimate, you're cheating the system, like a little bit of this, like, how can you make money doing this, I don't understand it, but the people that are in it get it, just like the influencer space started to get a little bit more regulated. I think that we're going to see the same thing happen with digital services because it is proving to be something that helps women, that employs women, that helps people make a ton of money. So I think that it's also kind of an interesting model for everybody listening to take a look back at the beginning of like when people became uh, really started making influencing uh, a uh, career choice of theirs. So coming back to that you tell us about your advertising career. So where were you working in New York?
1: What was that experience like? I was so lucky to be at like the best agency in New York City. I was at an ad agency called Merkley and Partners. They are in the West Village. And I was truly there the entire time I was in New York. And I was so lucky for that. I was able to work with a variety of different clients and on a different variety of brands. And when I left, I was working on um, Mercedes-Benz and White Castle and really being able to like lead their, lead their marketing strategy and apply. So what we do now is apply the analytics and that strategy that I've learned from that career and growing up in the heart of the ad industry in New York to what we do for our clients and influencers and creators now.
0: Now, when you work with influencers, let's kind of also make sure that we're educating the people listening. What makes somebody an influencer truly? Is it that they are doing affiliate marketing where they get commissions on sales? Are they doing brand partnerships? Like, you know, when you are working with your clients, outline just basic general, like what kind of work they're doing. Because I think that people maybe sometimes don't even understand really because I don't really have much of an audience of influencers.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a great question. So, you know, a majority of our clients, I would say, do tend to be fashion lifestyle space. So whether it's fashion or at home, um, they're doing a lot of curation and affiliate linking. We also have a subset of clients who are entrepreneurs and are influencers in their own way because they're business influencers. Um, So for example, we've worked with Bianca Cox in the past. She is a stylist turned hair in business influencer um, through that career. And so we've worked with her in that space. So I think, you know, a major while a majority are doing that affiliate linking product curation and styling, there's definitely that business side as well.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that women who are listening to this, you know, I've kind of, I came from an influencer background. It, I was definitely a micro influencer, but I made money from it. And I think that people were like, but you're just like trying to look cute in clothes. And it's like, no, that's so not what it is. Not only do I have to plan a photo shoot and style it, I also have to network with the brand. I have to make sure that I'm doing, providing the collateral that we decided on. I have to read contracts. I have to, uh, you know, I'm. you're the one person show for like every single department of business. And it's one of the only spaces that people are expecting expected to be the only person working for the business, right? People almost get like annoyed when you hear that someone has an assistant because it's like, why? It's just you sharing your life. And it's like, there's so much more to it
1: than that. Oh my God. I like couldn't agree more. And I think it is the number one, like probably overlooked piece when we think of this space. And it is also why I think as much as the space has grown, it is still a new industry and it has so much further to go. And a lot of that comes, a lot of that growth I anticipate and expect and plan to be a part of, I think comes from exactly what you're describing, which is we're not recognizing everything you just said. You know, we're not recognizing that the influencer is styling, creating the content, probably maybe playing photographer with their tripod. Yeah, in the middle of
0: a street with everybody judging exactly. you.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, And beyond that, they are not only the creator and the model and the stylist, they are also the platform. And I think that is the piece that is so unique about this space and hasn't been fully tapped into is the when we think of like the way advertising with the magazine works, you create like David Yurman, whoever our make-believe brand is we're going to talk about. David Yerman creates their own ad and set, buys the media placement with Vogue and then sends that creative to Vogue and they pay Vogue whatever the amount is for the media placement and they pay their agency whatever they did to create the creative. And that's the disconnect I think that still exists in the influencer space is the influencers doing both of those. So they are one, the creator and two, the platform for the dissemin- for disseminating the content.
0: Right. That's such an interesting way to put it because, uh, you know, to your point, there's typically way more hands involved, right? Like there are people to like fully own the creative and other people to fully own, like, how do we get this creative scene in a way that our partner is going to like it. And when you're both of those people, like it's one of the only spaces that to my, to what I said earlier is that like, you really are expected to do it all in like screw you if you're, you know, by all means, like outsourcing any part of it. But the people that I see really succeed in this space are the people who view it as a business. So from your perspective, what are some things if somebody, let's say, is growing an Instagram following? They're enjoying all of those aspects, right? They're enjoying the potential of brand partnerships. They're enjoying, you know, the photo shoot aspect of things or sharing their life or creating a community what are the things that kind of legitimizes somebody from going from like content creator to like, I'm
1: building a brand here? I think that's kind of close to the sweet spot of where we work with our clients is our clients are typically either already full-time creators or have seen a lot of traction and are getting ready to become full-time creators. And so they're working to like close that gap. And I think really we want to be able to really formalize that for them. I think at the basic level we've all heard of is that curated Instagram feed, right? That was like the first moment any influencer really was like, oh, I should create a brand aesthetic, right? And that was like the very first Like, what's my vibe? Um, Exactly. And so we really want to formalize that for them and make it bigger, greater, better so that take what you're doing there to that next level and create that overarching aesthetic for the entire brand. So that now you're not just showing up as girl on Instagram, you're showing up as a full brand. While yes, your community is still going to see it as girl on Instagram, we're not taking any of that authenticity out, but it's creating that clear aesthetic that's going to create recognition for your community, confidence for your brand partners, and is going to make content creation easier for the influencer because they know how to show up. What their graphics look like and aren't reinventing the wheel every time they jump into Canva. Yeah, there's
0: almost like a filter for things to pass through where it's like, does this align versus like, do I like this? Is this fun? Those are obviously still important, but there's a little bit of like, does it fit? Which I think helps change the mindset of like, am I doing this to like be cute to like, am I doing this as a business? And there does come a time when that starts to shift because people do see the financial opportunity in this space. Well, I think what's kind of interesting is that when I and exited the fashion industry, right? And I was like, I'm gonna go into a digital service space. I created my own branding. And what I tried to do was make it look very fashionable. I used like fun patterns. I made it fun for all of my fashion people So that I wasn't necessarily changing the content as much as I was changing, like, what I was talking about, right? So it was, like, still fun to look at and still fun to participate in. If you saw my branding at the beginning, you would throw up. Like, it's so bad. But, (laughs) like, it's so bad. But it was, like, fun and bubbly. And I, like, wanted to make sure that I kept people's attention. And then there came a time where I was like, okay, now I have enough business behind me that I need this brand to be me, right? I need to stand by this. Because it was, like, bright blue and bright pink and geometric triangles and like all this shit that I'm just like not and I hired a brand designer and you know what I got from it was kind of like permission to be to have cool branding if that makes sense like I feel like I was always like I I can't do that like that's for like big time people and then somebody designed a brand for me and I was like that feels like me
1: and like am I really allowed to be this legitimate am I allowed to be like to look this authoritative you know what I mean Totally. I think exactly what you're saying. You know, there's still like a lack of awareness about maybe the power of brand within the industry. I think it's definitely picking up. And there's some influencers that come to mind who are doing a really great job of extending their influence beyond Instagram and creating like a full fledged brand, whether that's a personal brand, also turning that personal brand into a product based brand, like Savan Ayla. Lauren Edwards, Lindsay Silberman come to mind, and I think they've all three done a great job, both at product level, but even before that, which is where we work with most of our clients, which is turning themselves into a brand and making sure that, let's stick with that Lindsay Silberman example, but that Lindsay Silberman shows up the same way everywhere, and to your point, kind of has that permission to show up as a brand. Yeah, and take a space. Exactly.
0: If somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, I know that I love this space. I like being a content creator, even if everybody's hating on me, or like whatever is their hold back. And that was mine as I was like, everybody's such an asshole. (laughs) Like I got so much hate. It was unbelievable. People stopping me in the street and being like, you're not
1: better than anyone. And I was like, oh, I I know. The horror stories I have heard from clients, other influencers in the space, is crazy to me the troll level that these influencers get when at the end of the day like they're making six to seven figures they their husbands work for them like you know, like it's not easy like sure the end product is glamorous because that's the whole point like that's their job but like it's not an easy gig.
0: That work trip that they're going on, like they're working every night. You know what I mean? Like, right? It took a long time to secure that. They had to read right. that contract and go back and forth for six months. Like, it's so funny because I have friends who don't really understand the space, and they're like, they're so annoying. They just make money by posting things on their social. And I'm like, okay, you do it. You do it. Yeah. Because first of all, you won't because you don't want to deal with the judgment two you have no idea how to build a community because they're not just posting things on their social they're creating an environment a community around like we like you because you talk about these things and yeah allow them to monetize it because to me i think it is the coolest thing ever to see a space Mm. mainly taken up by women where they can make a shit ton of money because like isn't there enough of that with men?
1: Like, why can't women have a win? You know what I mean? It's so true. And like, I completely relate like on a personal level. So there was somewhere along the way in New York, like there was a brief moment where I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to influence too. And started, you know, taking the photos and created the blog and da, 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 And quickly realized like, I can't, I can't keep up with the photos and the showing up and the tripod and the begging my husband to take photos. And we went on like a trip once. And like, even though that trip was not paid for by anyone, like you're still constantly creating because God forbid you don't show up one day. And it's just, I realized through that, which is part of why like, lol universe, here we all are, is, you know, I liked the back end marketing strategy side of it. And so brought that expertise to it, but didn't like actually being the content creator because it's a lot of work.
0: Mm -hmm. It is
1: a lot of work.
0: And, you know, I like that you are working with people who are like, okay, I've tested, you know, because when you're starting, there is so much that goes into it. And if someone's listening, and they're like, I'm going to leave college and go into the influencer space. um, You have to think about it as like a marketing and advertising job more than anything. Would you
1: agree? Absolutely. And I haven't heard it put that way. And I love the way you just said that. And it's funny to like my old millennial ass almost in a way that's like, you know, people are leaving college and being like, I want to be an influencer. That was not a phrase that was said when I was in college. And so it's funny to think of in that way now, even though I'm all for it. And obviously that's who I work work with and I'm gung-ho about. But it's true. It is very strategic. It is a marketing type role because at the end of the day, you're doing sales and that complicated piece of building a community and growing a platform.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's funny because now that we're doing influencer events with me time, some women are coming and their feed is amazing and their content is great and they have massive follower counts. And then I go to their link in their bio and it's a link
1: tree. Oh God, I'm going to go, uh, don't make me go off, go off. <laughs> because I'm like, come on, you are this close. It's so true. And I think so much of that is a lack of awareness and a lack of education that and because there are platforms making it easy. Mark Zuckerberg and Amber Vensbox are making it easy to build a career on their platforms so you don't have to build your own platform because it is too easy to use Instagram and to use like to know it. Amber Vensbox is the founder of like to know it for anyone who doesn't know. Um, so you're, you're existing on Instagram and then you're driving everyone to like to know it. And like, yeah, I got that affiliate revenue. And it's not to minimize either platform, but it's to use them both as tools to ultimately build your own platform. Instagram is your discoverability platform. LTK is a tool you use to create affiliate revenue, but it should not, neither should be the end destination. And we need you to have that owned platform in the middle, which is where you're saying, you know, that link in bio is the link tree. That is a platform you own you lean into, you have the analytics of, So we're driving them from Instagram your discoverability platform to your web platform because that's where you're gonna really make the money with brand partners. And yes, you can still pull in your LTK shop, the post money spots, whatever those widgets are you wanna use there to create that affiliate revenue but we don't want to build Amber Vine's box business anymore. We want to build your business. And so we need to drive that traffic to your site. You know, and I
0: think that for anyone listening also, we could probably break this down. It just came to me even further where it's like, when you start, go on Instagram. Next step, go on link, like to know it. Once you're like, okay, I'm generating money and I understand the affiliate game. That's what it it sounds like to me. You're saying like, then instead of (laughs) fueling her business, own your own, you know? Like there comes a time when you have to flip into like, I'm supporting these other businesses, Facebook and like to know it or even, you know, shop style or and links or skim links, whatever it is that you're going to be like on. Those are great tools. I still use my like to know it account. Because like, if someone asks me where I got my blazer, like, why wouldn't I
1: pull it up and just send it to them and make the 20 bucks? You know, like, come on. Absolutely. And I'm not saying any of those should go away. They just exactly like you said, you know, need to be used in a different way. They need to be used as the tools that they are instead of the platform where your business lives because we all know we all lived through an Instagram outage what a year ago Mm -hmm. like what if that became real Instagram's unstable TikTok is kicking up and we can't leave TikTok out of this conversation or the game because you know where we say Instagram we also mean TikTok wherever you hang out but it's true like we we need to not rely on those but use them as the tools they are
0: this just came to mind you use in my opinion the best 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 analogy when it comes to that switch from like I'm using a link tree on Instagram where I share my content and I'm using my like to know it links to like, Okay, I want a branded website so my brand deals can live there so that my sponsored content is like my written content. And so that when you come to my space, there's a place for all of my stuff, which is that really incredible website build that we see very legitimate brands doing very legitimate influencers using when they're moving from that like link tree like to know it space onto the whole like I'm going to brand my business I'm going to brand my platform and I'm going to create this this web brand business right where they have their own website and they have a branded website all the fun stuff tell us a little bit about that famous analogy that you know that I love the Tiffany Chaplin analogy about renting to owning because that's kind of what's happening here
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the analogy you're talking about, and I I love your love for it. I love it. It's genius. It's, you know, we're all taught growing up that like the minute you can, you want to own your house. It doesn't make sense to rent. You're wasting money. It is the exact, the same principles apply. The minute you can, you want to own your platform until you own your platform. And the platform we're owning is your website, your email list, the platforms you can truly own. You're renting. You're renting from Mark Zuckerberg on Instagram, whoever the guy is on TikTok, or you're renting from Amber Benzbach on Like to Know It, Shop Style, whatever you're using. The other benefit of your own space beyond owning your house, which is the number one goal, stop building a business on other people's like land, let's call it, and own your own, is The additional deliverables and creative opportunities you're able to offer your brand partners instead of being, you know, one of a million saying, here's an Instagram story and here's a feed post. And these are my different rates for each. It's not minimizing. It's not necessarily replacing, but it's saying, oh, and I can also offer you a blog post. Oh, and I can also offer you a feature in my email or a dedicated email. And then charging accordingly and one of the things we really like to create for our clients is the ability to also offer a featured placement on their homepage. think of a magazine a magazine cover gets costs way more to advertise on than the inside of a magazine because way more people see the cover than see the inside so it's the same concept of we want to charge We want to one, create that deliverable of having a featured homepage placement so that you can charge accordingly for that placement versus for a blog post versus an Instagram story versus a feed post, all those different deliverables. It's creating more opportunities for you influencer to monetize. What's nice about
0: it, think about it like from this perspective, you know, do you, let's say you love, what's a brand that you love? Uh, Any brand maybe, but something you'd find in a department store.
1: For Love & Lemons is coming to mind. They're in Revolve. Don't know that they're in Nordstrom, but let's go with it. They are.
0: Great. Perfect.
1: So for Love &
0: Lemons. I love for Love & Lemons. You love it as well. So if we want to shop that brand, what if we could only get it at Revolve, right? There comes a time as a brand in even them where they need to have their own site. Otherwise, how much ownership do you really have? And you're kind of like leaning on all these other things to be your space when in essence like there comes a time you have to build your own house you have to own your own house right and if as a brand who is looking to partner with influencers right i will be looking at websites i will be making sure that they take it seriously because the link tree is like the lesser of the two evils like fine but if i go to your website and it's just like a mess That's going to red flag to me you know i want somebody to have a really great client experience however they experience the brand that i have my product-based business me time so if somebody goes to somebody's website and it's just a mess or hard to navigate that's part of the client experience for my me time consumer who's like reading more and those kinds of things you know i want to make sure that like everything every way that they get to participate in the brand is beautiful in essence
1: Totally, and I think just all of that goes back to the lack of awareness and education, because it they didn't necessarily set out to create a business, and that's okay. Because like, God, I wish I accidentally created a million dollar business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's that same piece where you know some of the people that we speak to have gotten are doing great, are thrilled with where they are. They're making enough money, so they don't necessarily see the value in adding additional deliverables or platforms to that. And so there's a little bit of a disconnect there because at the end of the day, you know, if God forbid your Instagram were hacked, which we all know happens all the time, would you still have a business? No,
0: literally my friend, I'm not going to name her had like 50,000 followers. Her account got hacked and shut down and is unrecoverable. Like that's insane.
1: No, totally. and like, God, what, if this is your lifeblood and the revenue your family lives off of, and now what, you don't have a yeah. Instagram because your or a business because your Instagram just got hacked? Like, that makes me want to throw up.
0: She has a website, but, like, she doesn't have an email list. And so for me, I was like,
1: Oh my god it just like pains me because it's like you Oh totally. And it literally makes me want to vomit. Makes me want to vomit.
0: And and she's trying to rebuild it and it's just not the same. It's a different Instagram now, right? Like everybody who totally. built in that like 2018 or not even 2018, 2008 to 2012 yes. kind of boom, like they're killing it because Instagram worked a certain way that favored them. And now coming back in now like Oh God, it just like, it crushes my soul. So I think one of the big takeaways is that if you want to be an influencer, do it either for extra money or take it seriously and build it like a business because the brand partnerships that I used to make when I worked at Rebecca Minkoff, when I worked at Hunter Boots, I mean, we were paying people $50,000 sometimes for these brand partnerships, sometimes way more. You might even pay somebody $500,000 for a brand partnership. And those are very real numbers. So if you're building to that place, if you are excited about a brand deal that you could be working with your favorite brand for a year, that's a twenty-five to
1: $50,000 contract. You think they're going to do that with a shitty website? Right. And it limits your deliverables. I mean, your high ticket deliverables are going to be on platforms you own at the end of the day. Like Because there's additional real estate, there are additional analytics available. There's more Ownership. You can't really reach them on your own platform, exactly. Me as a brand, I could
0: reach your followers if we do like a paid partnership, but I can't reach your email list, you know, unless I pay that premium.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, and God forbid your Instagram does get hacked tomorrow. At least you have your email list to go email and be like, "Oh my God, my Instagram's gone. Follow me now at whatever your new handle is." Totally.
0: I'm like. Oh, God, it's so terrible. Um, So I just really quickly want to tap into, because I do have such a service-based business following, what it has been like for you to go from like solopreneur to agency and what your business trajectory has been like as a brand and web designer. Uh, What have you learned? What are some things that have really stood out for you in your online career, let's say?
1: It has been the... Most exhausting and rewarding, incredible experience (laughs) of my life. I think every entrepreneur would have the same answer. I think, you know, the biggest thing I learned, maybe mistake I made, I don't know if I'd call it mistake, but is I didn't niche soon enough. You know, I think there's a very controversial opinion of, or less controversial so much as polarizing opinion of, do you niche to niche or not to niche? And I think you know I started working with female-founded, female-founded businesses, and that felt like a niche, and it wasn't niched enough. And so now we think through as we've made this shift over the last two years to working with lifestyle influencers. You know, had I just done this sooner, one because we get to become such experts in that space, and two because that's just who we like to hang out with, because it's our bread and butter, like, right, like, it's our true arena of expertise. And the other thing I think I've learned is really like the power of mindset and boundaries. It's something every like, they're all things everyone talks about. I don't think anyone's hearing this being like, Oh, that's a new You're one. Like, wow, mindset, um, That's I've never heard that right, before. Exactly. I'll have to add that exactly. to the list. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, I had an unfortunate life tragedy the end of last year and already knew prior to that, but really it was driven home. The, the shift that it caused in my mindset and therefore I saw in my business, um, it just goes back to like, your mindset is everything and it is a direct impact on what happens in your business, especially at the beginning. And with that, it's like, you know, I think the mistake that I've made, and I think I unfortunately continue to make is when I get stuck in a place where I'm operating out of fear, you know, I think it's an easy place to fall into of like, oh, well, what if, Ashley knows, I messaged her earlier this week, like down a spiral of, oh my God, this is what's happening. And it's when we make decisions out of that moment, as opposed to like that future forecast and looking ahead of the overall picture of what's happening. And so like that, I would say is like one of the traps I am aware I fall into and continue to fall into is that fearful place.
0: I think it's a very normal thing. And sometimes mindset isn't something you can just fix. And I I recognize that as well. So for those listening, work on your mindset, please. Mother of God. I always say the best thing you can do for your business is go to therapy. Truly believe that with my heart and soul. But the other thing that I would consider is like life th- things will come up. This is one of the reasons that I encourage people to plan for like way future sales and stacking your monthly recurring revenue. Cause it might be real nice to get that pay in full, but like, you know, what feels even better is making $20,000 in June that I already know I'm going to make because I have those contracts. So, you know, really start to think about, like, what is the forward, what does forward planning look like? And how can we stack revenue? And how can we work with people where, like, I'm taking care of six months from now, Ashley, instead of that, like, really beautiful check today is just one way that you can also make sure that, like, guess what? If, for instance, there's something in my life that recently happened at time of recording where I'm like, okay, well, I have to take some time off work and I'm unaffected. Right, it could take two weeks off work, and I'll be unaffected because I built my business in a way that kind of like takes care of future Ashley. And it's one of the hardest things and to do.
1: All of huh? All of that is all of that is exactly what like finally pushed me to be like, and we need Ashley. <laughs> and so it is exactly what we work yeah. on. Well, Tiffany,
0: you are honestly such a joy to work with. I love what you're doing. You are business minded. You take your business so seriously. I love all that you're trying to do with the influencer space, because I know that you believe so strongly in how this can impact women positively. And I really love that. I resonate with that. You know, our values align in that way. So I have some like kind of rapid fire questions for us that I'm going to go through with you. Are you ready for that? All right, I'm ready. So the first question that I like to ask people is, if you could title this chapter of your life, what would you title it? Growth. Growth. We love this. Why do you
1: say that? I think it is growth in my business, and which forces personal growth.
0: You know, they have to work so closely together. I always tell people, like, if you have a problem in your business, you probably have the same problem in your personal life. And if you fix it in your personal life, it will fix in your business. For instance, for me. It's so true. It's so true. For me, I was, uh, at the very beginning, like, very concerned about people not liking me, people judging me, People making fun of me that kind of thing right and that carried over into my business where i was like clients won't like me clients won't want to work with me i won't be able to find peers in this space and i was like i can do one of two things i can fix the way that i feel about my business or i can fix the way i feel in general which affects how i feel in my business and i was like i have to care about the fact that i worry about my potential friends judging me because that is the core and fixing that core means that my business problems will fade So, anybody who's also listening, if you're like, something's broken in my business, find a way that it connects in your personal life and fix the personal life first. It'll end up working itself out in your business. Do you agree with that?
1: Wholeheartedly. When I started my business, I remember like the first, honestly, I think it was like almost a whole year. I was like, oh, I'm just like not telling anyone else what I'm doing Mm -hmm. in my personal life because I want to know how I feel about it first. Mm. And it was if we dig into like why I didn't want to tell anyone and I wanted to make my own decision first, it's exactly what you're saying. You know, what if they make fun of me? What if I fail? What if I, you know, I think I just think you hit it dead on. I'm glad. I'm glad. This
0: is why we get along though, right? We agree on so many things.
1: Uh, You kind of touched (laughs) on this,
0: but I still want to ask the question because it may be different. What's a mistake you've made recently and what did it teach you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really just that operating out of fear. I think it's something, you know, I ran into literally this week when I when I messaged you being like, oh, my God, I'm in a spiral. I didn't even say you called me out immediately. And it's just allowing myself to fall into a spiral based on what's happening right this second and how I feel in this very moment, as opposed to what's planned and what I know is happening at a higher level. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. You were
0: like, what about this? What about this? And I was like, you're spiraling. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Spiraling because I probably won't be able to pull you out of it. And let's make a plan for the immediate right now.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, and it still helped for you to even just call me on my shit and be like, "Mm, "This is a spiral.
0: Like this is false." So just recognize what this this is is false.
1: Get through it, and then we'll come back. Yeah.
0: So next question is, what do you wish more people knew? This could be general. This could be about you. This could be about you know the influencer space. It could be about business. Like, what do you just wish more people knew?
1: Oh, God. I like this one. I feel like I have like the most basic answer that we also already touched on. And so I'm like trying to come up with something else quickly. But I think it's the power of mindset and boundaries. Like, I was somebody especially at the beginning, and I still do this because I just want all my clients to be happy is, you know, I struggle with my boundaries. And so they're all outlined in our contract. So I have that to refer back to. And I have, you know, everyone clearly agreed upon that, but it's actually not only setting but enforcing those boundaries. And so I think we all need to realize the power that it provides us as service providers, business owners, as well as the better experience it ultimately provides your client when you actually lean on those boundaries and enforce those boundaries.
0: It's a good one. This next question might be the same question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, which is, If you could have known anything you know now when you started your business, what do you wish that was? Like everything, a (laughs) hundred things. We're like uh, (laughs) niche down, work on your yeah. I mean, I think learn a new exactly tap into what you know already.
1: All, All the things, right? Like figure, you know, niche down, figure out where you thrive, find your area of expertise, set a future plan. It's like it's everything. I think, you know, my biggest one is probably niching down. And I hate that answer because I know that I was told it a million times. I'm sure everyone listening has been told it a million times. And I don't, I don't think it applies to everyone, but I think in my caveat with taking
0: responsibility over saying niche down happens to be like, you have to decide for yourself if you already have, you know?
1: Yes. Because Uh, For me,
0: I niche down where, like, I don't really work with coaches. I typically work with brand and web designers. I do have some people in my space that are, uh, you know, just creatives in general, graphic designers. I have some funnel experts. But generally speaking, it's like project-based, service-based businesses, right, for women to me that's kind of good enough. I get some people every once in a while I, who are like outside of that, but I get to decide, I think I've hit the limit. Like, I think I've gone far enough. And, you know, I think it's too too niche to say, I work with moms who are photographers in the Raleigh area who shoot weddings for non-binary couples. You know, it's like-
1: Totally whoa, agree. Whoa. I think that when I think back to like my niching down Experience is one we've only gone as far as lifestyle influencers. I've spoken to other experts who've said, you know, you need to get as specific as fashion influencers who are thirty to forty who are doing X, Y, and Z. And like, no, that's too far for me. Lifestyle is far enough. Well, but you think that you are started, a little more niche than that.
0: You're kind of like lifestyle influencers who were probably past that year one in business. That's
1: true. That's that's absolutely true. Thank you
0: which Um, is far. That's, that's a good amount.
1: That's a good amount of niching in my opinion. Right. And that's far enough. (laughs) Right. You know, I think back to that first year in business, when we were working with female focused brands, and I remember so carefully phrasing it that way, because I didn't want to say female founded, that felt limiting. As long as the end consumer also like either the founder or the end consumer was female, that was okay. So I went female focused. And when I think back to like, why it was out of fear, because what if somebody came or didn't come because I said they had to be female founded or whatever, and I didn't, I was in a place at the very beginning of my business where like I didn't want to say no to opportunities. Well,
0: and you know, there's a client of mine who is like, I know I need to niche down. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you work with public speakers before they go talk on like news shows. Like, you know what I mean? Like when they go before they go talk about their business, like you're good, like you're fine. And the easiest way to find out if you've niched down enough or not is like, are you getting sales and are the right people following you? And part of that is like, you have to make sure that you're like marketing to those people appropriately. But at the end of the day, if you're getting referrals, you're probably niched enough because someone was like oh my god you could also work with this person because I know that you work with these kind of people
1: no I agree and it's become a buzzword that like sometimes goes too far yeah goes too far um
0: so Tiffany obviously I love you to the moon and back uh without going into the confidential things that we're building together because I know that we're not quite ready to share those beautiful endeavors that you're about to be testing this year for a major launch next year but what is next for good on paper and like what is good on paper, like working on right now, where that you're excited about, and if people want to get involved with you, like, what does it look like right now?
1: Yeah, so we are currently booking Q2 for, um, for brand and web design projects. We do also work with our clients on a retainer basis, where we do ongoing graphic creation with them. So whether that's just like jumping in and working on social graphics for Instagram stories or like to know it or wherever it might be, or whether it's more robust than that and doing email and on like ongoing email creation strategy and web. Um, One of the really great, exciting things we've just seen there recently, because I literally just pulled one of my clients analytics this morning is in the last three weeks, they have seen an increase in their email subscribers of 115% which is an insane number, literally insane. But I think it's the biggest difference of working with you know, more of like an agency model versus a freelancer who's gonna jump in and just create your graphics in an executional manner. Not to say one's better than the other by any means, they serve different purposes. And I think really the reason we're able to do that is one based on the background, and two based on the fact that we really come to our clients with this and take a strategic approach where we make recommendations. Of one of our clients just did a gender reveal, and she wanted to just post it on Instagram. And we we're like, no, we gotta, we gotta gatekeep this a little, yeah, and like make it a whole thing, make it bigger than an Instagram post, and that's what allows us to do that. But as far as what's next for us, you know, I think it is just continuing to push and to challenge the influencer space to grow from an influencer perspective and the way they approach and look at their business, as well as from a brand perspective and the way they approach and compensate influencers. Well, what you're
0: doing to me is actually kind of revolutionary because I don't see a lot of people focusing on influencers. And I think it's really cool that you see the value in that career because it is such an incredible space for women to actually make money in a world that has made it really hard for women for so long. So I think it's really cool you're doing, Tiffany. Thank you. Now, where can we follow you if everybody else wants to fall in love with you the way that I have fallen in love with you?
1: We are at Good on Paper Miami across Instagram and TikTok. And slide into the DMs. I would love to hear from anyone listening, whether you agree or disagree with anything I've said. I always love the feedback and conversation. Or if you just have any questions at all about anything on your journey, we are here for you.
0: Beautiful. Tiffany, thank you for joining us on the unfiltered entrepreneur. I almost said the daily hype, which is my other podcast. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the unfiltered entrepreneur. As you can tell, I am unfiltered with all of my mistakes. But it's been wonderful having you. It's wonderful to have you as a client supporting your growth, seeing all that you're doing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun hanging out. Amazing. Talk to you guys soon on the unfiltered entrepreneur. Hold up. Don't leave quite yet. The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a Fast Forward production. To learn more about them, check out at Speaking on Instagram for more information. Bye.